Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Dami Zutani here on September 15th. Thursday, we are now just a few days out from Minnesota's Monday night showdown in Philadelphia. Two 1-0 teams. Dane, this looks like a big game shaping up on a big stage. Um, And frankly, I don't know if the vibes could be any better for Minnesota heading into this. Like, it's kind of a plant your flag, NFC, establish yourself as a top tier team. And I don't know if Minnesota could be feeling much better than they are right now. No, I think from the moment the season started to right now, like things couldn't have gone better. Like you, you come out on last Sunday in America's game of the week, take down your biggest rival in the Green Bay Packers. And then everything we've seen since then, like, We've talked about smiles per game time and time again on this podcast. It's like smiles per day with the Vikings right now. I just like you see some of these clips that are going around the Internet um, and we'll get into the Kirk Cousins speech that, you know, the postgame speech where he gave Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi each a game ball. But there was a clip yesterday that went viral on Twitter last night. Um, I, I think I don't really understand the backstory totally, but it, it looks like Nickelodeon is giving away like a most valuable player of each week. It's a weird, cheesy accolade, but it looks like a weekly accolade. And and obviously, Justin Jefferson with his seven catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns seemed to win Nickelodeon's most valuable player of the week. And so the Vikings. Hey, he said he was honored to win that. Okay, don't act like it's cheesy. That meant a lot to him. He said, "I still watch." (laughs) Like. Maybe he does still watch Nickelodeon. SpongeBob. Still I bet he watches the old cartoons, like most of us. Like, like hey, they have like, yeah, exactly. You know, like Rocket Power or Doug. I don't know if Doug was Nickelodeon. Uh, <laughs> Doug was Nickelodeon. Was. Yeah. Okay, you said the ones I watched. Hey Arnold was the best one. It was. We, the best we, one. we digress, but it, it was it was a funny thing and like a social clip that like is obviously designed by the Vikings to to like paint their team in a good light but i thought that the the coolest thing of it and i actually want to we're we're recording this thursday morning we're talking to kevin o'connell this afternoon like i kind of want to ask him about this but he after giving nickelodeon yeah which one's his favorite one maybe he was a rugrats guy yeah he's he's about our age so a little older than us so but after giving justin jefferson this nickelodeon award God, I didn't think we'd be talking about Nickelodeon so much on this podcast ever. Uh, he, Kevin O'Connell addresses the team and says, you know, we're going to go into the middle of these two practice fields. And anytime one of y'all win this award, I'm going to be the one that gets slimed. 
because Nickelodeon gives you a bucket of slime where you get to slime somebody. Like that's Justin right. Jefferson's award. Mm-hmm. Like he gets to slime somebody. Right. Yeah, I think he gets like this little like trophy looking thing. Yeah. And, and then they got these fake slime. slime hats too that Justin Jefferson right. was wearing. And anyone who's listening who used to watch Nickelodeon will understand how how getting slimed was a big deal. Anyone who's listening who didn't has absolutely no idea what we're talking about. But the point is, he gets this bucket of slime, Justin Jefferson does, for winning this award. And he slimes Kevin O'Connell. And again, it's a moment put out by the team Twitter account designed to make the team, the coach, the players all look, you know, Good, happy, whatever. But you just never would have seen that last year with Mike Zimmer. And and it's it's little things like this and that I think make a difference. I, I don't want to put like, okay, the Vikings are Super Bowl favorites now because Kevin O'Connell is willing to get slimed. But I think like little things like this are, are further proof that like things are different here in Minnesota. There's, there's some joy back in the building. Um, and I think some of those things, making players feel comfortable, ma- making players you know, want to be at work, do end up on the field on game day. You don't think Zimmer would have got into that? I could picture like Justin Jefferson wins week one and Zimmer makes a proclamation like, hey, whoever wins this thing, every time we're going to slime Kirk. (laughs) We're going to slime Rick. Rick's going to come down from his ivory tower. And anytime, yo, in fact, Rick doesn't just go up to Rick's office right now and slime him without him knowing. No, like, I don't think Zimmer would have been involved. Seats back to back, Kirk and Rick, and Zimmer would have been, give me that bucket, and he would have slammed <laughs> them both every time. Everybody would have got way into it. Yeah, it would have been great. Uh, no, I'm with you. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, like, he seems to be really going out of his way to, like, try to connect with these guys. Um, it seems like it's worked to a large degree, and he's keeping it rolling. And now we've always talked about, okay, yeah, the vibes are great. You're 1-0. You beat Green Bay. Uh how do the vibes come out if you lose this game? How do the vibes come out if you go one and two? Because um, that's when it really gets tested. But right now, like I, I think Minnesota is on a, a pretty big high, and it's just seeing like how can they continue to use that as positive momentum and not a reason to kind of like sit back um, and and be happy with what they've done. Uh, but you talked about um, you know O'Connell and and the good vibes, and I think we've talked about how that's extended to Kirk Cousins and maybe made him look more comfortable in week one. Um, and that was kind of the goal, I think, for the Vikings this season. Like, let's put Kirk in the best position to succeed. Let's make him as confident and comfortable as possible. Do you, I mean, good results week one. Do you notice, like, a, a palpable difference in Kirk Cousins just being kind of around him uh, thus far this season? Yeah, and I think the game itself was obviously, like, a good precursor of, of things to come if, if Kirk can play like he did on Sunday 16 more times the Vikings are going to be in a really good position but I think little things like looking at him post game watching his post game press conference he's still not saying a lot Kirk Kirk Cousins is like the poster child for like each game is its own entity like we can't read too much into this um, all of those cliches but there's something about him on Sunday that was, it was a little unspoken just watching him interact. He looked more comfortable and he looked like sometimes in the past when he would either win or lose a game, regardless of how well he played, it almost felt like he was trying to defend himself at every single turn. And I think a lot of that comes because like from the fact that 
for the longest time, Kirk Cousins has been this guy who has always had to prove himself, has, has, has never been good enough. So I think he always takes that as a as a chance to to prove himself and, and to kind of defend his honor in a way. But you, you watched him on Sunday in, in the way he spoke, and he just looked so comfortable doing it. Re- regardless of what was being asked, it was more of a conversation, felt less like an interview. And, and then you see that clip that comes out of, of Kirk Cousins giving the game ball, one to Kevin O'Connell, one to Quasi Adolfo Mensa. The speech in that clip s- sounded natural too. Like I think in the past we've we've talked about different guys throughout this market who it, it looks like they're putting on like this leadership mask, like it doesn't look natural. And Kirk Cousins has been guilty of that a number of times since he's gotten to Minnesota, where a clip will come out, he'll be giving a pregame speech, and you'll be like, that that just sounds so corny, or like there's no way he talks like that. Regardless of how you felt about the speech that that went around on Twitter, it it felt natural, and and it felt natural in that moment, and I think that matters too. Like he feels like this is his team. I think Kevin O'Connell's done a a good job empowering him so far. Now, to your point earlier, it, it, the big test will be: look, the Vikings aren't going to go seventeen and zero. Like how do how do these guys handle failure? How do they handle week to week failure when when it doesn't all go right? Because it's easy right now when it when it's all going right. Um, that will be an interesting thing to watch transpire. But I think early takeaways from the first week of the season are like the vibes are good. Everyone looks comfortable. Kirk Cousins at the top of that list. How could you not be comfortable in that polo that he wore post game? I want to see. I'm a, I'm actually kind of interested now. Like maybe this can start like a Kirk Cousins fashion trend because that polo. I don't know where you would find that. Um, maybe like Fleet Farm. Like if they have like a limited polo section. Duluth Duluth Trading Company. Yeah, that might be a good one. Uh, <laughs> Like it's, it, it was definitely like a, you know, 40 year old dad on Sunday who's going to grill out um, before the football game. But where's that thing I, to church? I, I, t- I talked, I was talking to a friend about this off the podcast. Like it looked like something you would wear as a middle schooler to a church bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, right. Like you're like, in your mom put it out for like, you, you know? Yeah. Right. You're like, I don't want to wear this mom. Well, too bad. It looks nice, honey. Like button it up and you're going to go like, like you saw some of the, like Zadaria Smith was decked out in like this fly ass suit with, with chains and ice. And Justin Jefferson had this like jet necklace on. And then Kirk Cousins comes with like khakis and a button up, <laughs> like a flannel short sleeve button up. But comfortable in his own skin. I definitely have a polo that would fit into that category that I've wore before. So, so I'm not do gonna, I, Jace. Yeah, you know, we all do. <laughs> we I, might not wear it to a press conference podium, but like, hey, it's it's Christmas. It's not church. You're just going to grandma's house. You're like, I should wear probably something with a collar that looks okay. Like that fits in just perfectly. So I and that's where you're comfortable um, in that type of like, you know, casual attire. So I get it. Um, and that's something that a comfortable man wears. Um a little bit more, I guess. Let's let's just talk a little bit more about this offense. Um, and I guess what I want to see now from Kirk is like, okay, we saw the way this offense succeeds when Justin Jefferson is screaming over the middle of the field wide open. Do you anticipate maybe mixing in more guys? Like, do you think we see more KJ Osborne, more Adam Thielen, more spreading the ball around? Just like, say the Eagles make a concerted effort uh, to take Justin Jefferson out of the game. And you can't do that. You're not going to mitigate, like, negate him down to nothing. But, you know, maybe they limit Justin Jefferson to 90 yards. Well, then you've got to find something elsewhere. Uh, Do you think Kirk in this offense 
is going to be capable of doing that on a week-to-week basis using other weapons because it didn't really happen in week one. And this is because Justin Jefferson was great, but to everybody else, he was 14 for 21 for 93 yards, which would mm-hmm. you know, not be great. But not, like That's because Justin Jefferson dominated. But do you feel like should push comes to shove Monday night um, that Kirk can be just as good throwing to the Thielens and the Osbournes of the world? I think so, just because like he's shown the ability to do that in the past. Right. Like there were times last year and, and even the season before where people were shaking Kirk, being like, throw the ball to Jefferson more. You're locking in too much on 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 Adam Thielen. You're locking in too much on on your third receiver. Like, why are you throwing to Laquan Treadwell on third down? Like, I know that's your read, but like, don't let yourself get there. Throw it to Justin Jefferson. So, like, I think if Kirk has to progress and and go through his full progression, like he's very capable of getting others involved. I think the product on Sunday was, well, I don't need to get to my third read, which is KJ Osborne bending over the middle because I'm going to step up in this pocket and Green Bay totally lost Justin Jefferson again. So I, I think when teams make a concerted effort or I understand the Vikings move Justin Jefferson around the formation and that's why Jair Alexander didn't follow him and shadow him. But if teams have a corner like a Darius Slay coming up this on Monday night, like that want to shadow Justin Jefferson and, and maybe try and take him away. Yeah. I think Kirk cousins is more than capable of getting Adam Thielen involved. I think me and you both have talked about KJ Osborne and the ascension. We think he's going to make this season. I think he's a guy who could, who could play a big role in this offense. So I, I think just because Justin Jefferson dominated week one and, and was so, so good doesn't mean well, have have these other weapons on the offense taken a step back. There was just no reason, right, for that for them to get the ball when when one guy was dominating to that degree. One thing I thought was interesting though is like for all the credit Justin Jefferson gets, and like he deserves it, obviously. He's he's spectacular, he's dynamic. Like a lot of those routes don't work if Adam Thielen isn't running his route to perfection, if KJ Osborne isn't running, you know knowingly I'm not getting this ball isn't running his nine route a hundred percent. Like I think Nate Tice for the athletic did have a good breakdown of like how this route combinations, how these route combinations come together and they don't unless everyone is running their route and unless the scheme is designed perfectly. So I think just because Justin Jefferson was the beneficiary of some of these things doesn't mean another guy can't be moving forward. It was watching good morning football. I watch a lot of good morning football. It's kind of like, it's the perfect morning show if you just want to watch football. It's, it's very good, like upbeat, whatever. Um, so I highly recommend it. Uh, but anyway, AJ Brown was on this week, Eagles wide receiver, and they asked about Justin Jefferson because obviously these two are going to match up here, not face to face, but on the same field. Uh, and AJ Brown was like, "Oh yeah, he's great. He's great. He's great." He's like, "I was watching uh, the game last weekend. You know, he's just just kind of running routes, uh, get open." And that was exactly how it played out. It was my exact thought as we watched that game was like just kind of running the routes like you know like there was there are very few like look at how justin jefferson cooked this guy here is like just kind of running across the middle of the field and just being <laughs> you know like like that could have been just about anybody he definitely finished the like you know we talk about finishing the plays and he was great at that but otherwise there was there wasn't a whole ton of like oh my god i can't believe justin jefferson did that like i mentioned the high point catch and that was huge but a lot of them were just like yeah, 36 yards there because, you know, it just it kind of was wide open running across the middle of the field. So that it's all concept. And you're right. The credit goes to everybody on those. Yeah, I think that those are funny when you look at it, like 
There was one route where he he broke someone off, but the other ones like it was like, hey, Justin, go to the left sideline and just run diagonally to the right sideline, and and you're going to be open. And, and he was like, all right, well, and, and it worked time and time again. I don't think it's going to work all the time this season. I don't think it's going to be that easy. Um, luckily for the Vikings, Justin Jefferson is capable of winning in, in difficult ways as well. It, just because it looked easy on Sunday doesn't mean he's not capable of winning when it looks hard moving forward. Uh, I'm interested this week, though, to, to see you know how he performs against a, a, an Eagles defense that frankly gave up 35 points to the Lions or whatever it just was. So I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I think the Vikings are capable of of staying in those high scoring games, though. Yeah, we'll touch a little bit more on this because I want to do do want to talk a little bit more about the offense versus the defense here in this next segment. We'll also get into the Vikings defense against uh, that Eagles offense that Jalen Hurts led offense with AJ Brown now added to the mix. We'll get to a mailbag in segment three, um, also with the Purple Prop Party. Lots more to come here on Inside Purple and Gold. <laughs> 